Welcome to episode 67 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of November 8th, 2023. My name is Logan Play, and I'm joined as always by Justin Corais. What's up, Logan? And Chris Shriver. Oh, hello there. And uh, 48 hours ago, we had a decent show plan, and then Nintendo went nuts uh, talking about sales numbers, a brand new movie that they're going to be making in partnership with Sony Pictures. Oh boy, there's a lot to talk about, but let's start with your listener email. Uh, This was sent into ToadstoolBoardroom at gmail.com from Tim, and Tim writes, Hey, Boardroom. Even if it's too late for the recording, it's not. You made it with a few hours to spare. Something I wanted to praise you guys for about last week's episode is how well you guys communicate your criticisms. Things get so heated these days to the point of me wondering if some people actually enjoy gaming. But you guys strike a great balance of being clearly opinionated, but welcome others to have their own stance. I think I wrote this kind of statement to you guys before, but it just stood out all the more in an episode largely centered on what Nintendo could be doing better. Thanks again for all that you do. And if the off chance I made it in before recording, the Nintendo franchise I want to see better serve next-gen is Astral Chain, amazing new IP that sold reasonably well and would have done wonders with a sequel this gen. Nintendo pick Rayman, how do we not have a follow-up to Legends? That's a great pick. Those are both great picks, Tim. Okay, Tim, you rule. That's an excellent email. Phenomenal selections right there. I will say, I think good criticism and, like, uh, I, I do tend to think that that's kind of the aspect of video game writing that is that I, I live in is, criti- is criticism and critiquing more than anything else. Like good criticism doesn't come from a, a place of necessarily negativity so much as it is as a you know want for things to be better and and being able to to see like what's good, what's not as good, where there's room for improvement. Like criticism is all about better. It's not about bad. You know, and so if you're doing it the right way, that's what it's focused on. Not this sucks here's why this isn't better, here's what would make this better. And I, I think that that's something that the three of us kind of share in common is a inclination that, you know, that's what the focus should be, is uh, on on the positive side of things. Where, you know, some, some people have great shows where they like to dunk on things. That's not us. Chris, anything to add? Constructive criticism, right? Like, nobody mm-hmm. likes the... Uh the person that is just ma- is saying something bad to make you feel bad just so they can feel big or good. Um, no, I don't think any of us have that personality in not just on the show, but in life in general, I think it's, you know, you always want people to be better and we want the company that we've given hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars of our hard earned cash to, too much. to be better. So I can give them more money. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah, Tim, I really, really appreciate this email. Thanks so much for sending it in. I think that when I started this show with Chris and Odell a year and a half ago, that was kind of the main mission. It's why it's called the Toadstool Boardroom. It's because it's where like discussions like that are had. And I think that at the end of the day, we understand this isn't life or death. We're talking about video games. We're talking about stuff that's fun. So we're not going to get actually angry and mad about it, but we'll be critical. And then I think walk away at the end of the show and, and move on with our lives. And I think that, yeah, I'm glad that we're able to do that. And I'm glad you picked up on it and sent that in because we're in for another one right now. Another one of those discussions because, oh, oh my goodness, guys. Nintendo announces a partnership with Sony Pictures for a live action The Legend of Zelda movie. Ooh, deep breath. Okay, I'll go through the details, then we'll get into first impressions. This was revealed in a press release Tuesday on Nintendo's website. The film will be produced by Shigeru Miyamoto and Avi Arad of Arad Productions, and he has produced recent movies like Venom, the Spider-Verse movies, Uncharted, and Morbius. So those are all the movies you think of right now when you think of Sony Pictures. The movie will be directed by Wes Ball, who directed the Maze Runner trilogy, and an upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes movie. That's due out next year, so judgment is still awaiting on that one. This movie is going to be co-financed by Nintendo and Sony Pictures Entertainment, with over half of it, over 50%, financed by Nintendo. Worldwide theatrical distribution will be done by Sony Pictures Entertainment. And then after this news came out, a deadline reported that Jurassic World trilogy writer Derek Connolly is penning the script, who also worked on The Rise of Skywalker, which is my least favorite movie of all time. I'm not pinning that all on him, though. That was just story decisions that that made that movie a disaster. But... Wow, we got a lot to get into. Let's start kind of zoom out, base impressions, live action Zelda. Justin, what do you think? I think I've painted myself to, uh, into a corner with Tim's email about how uh, we're not going to be overly negative. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'm not thrilled by the idea. Um, I think that um, a better uh, path for bringing 
the Legend of Zelda to the screen, and I and I do think that that's a good goal, is something that leans more into kind of the expansive adventure that is really at the heart of the series. And something like a movie just is is much more is by definition fairly close ended. Um, even if you do like maybe the closest we've seen anything come to that would be something like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which was a by design giant trilogy with that was extremely long and expansive. And I think something like a series would have been better in particular, like what I've always been calling for. My idea would have been a like Netflix's take on Castlevania, apply something Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. to the legend of Zelda. I think that would have been perfect because that would have left the room for that. And so with something live action and, and a movie to me, that's, that's kind of two strikes uh, that I'm not really excited about. I, I do see there's a lot of, skepticism of avi arad and having him produce this and like i mean there are some things in his filmography that i i think are a little bit concerning like okay, like obviously we don't want this to be ghost uh ghost rider um even necessarily mm-hmm. the tone of venom um you know we see him do adaptations like the ghost in the shell uh uh, live action, which again I don't think really hit with the audience. At the same time, he's done some cool stuff. Like he was one of the people who made X Men Evolution happen back in the day, and I love that that show. And so I I think if you look through some of the things he's done, what he's done with the Spider Man property, things like that, there's clear examples of really really well done adaptations. But there's also some that haven't been a, a, as successful. So I I certainly have some trepidation about the entire thing. Chris, it's yeah. His his uh, track record is what has me mainly concerned, and I don't know how much of that is just because um, historically, like outside of the Spider Man movies, and even some of the Spider Man movies, like a lot of um, the films that they put out are not of the highest quality. Um, we all know I have my mm-hmm. own opinions of the Uncharted movie, and and could talk about it for for a long time. Um, uh, but but then he has some where it's like oh wow really he did that um x2 blade 2 like like stuff in the early 2000s that are really good spider-man 2 um so like and it's it, it's not that it all just falls on him but on like, and I'll, I'll get the the obvious thing out of the way right like i feel like what's being echoed on twitter right now is that um it would have served. It probably would have served better if this was like a, a Ghibli style movie, um, some sort of. If, if they're going to stick with a movie, because I do, I do agree with the sentiment of. Uh, I think this probably would have fit better. I think making it a movie is a little reductive. Um, it probably would have been better as uh, a series in some capacity, even like a limited series at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, I get why they're trying to hit that. They're trying to hit that mainstream audience. And unfortunately, like whether we like it or not, a lot of these Sony picture movies that maybe don't review that well and aren't that good do very well at the box office. And it seems like that's what they're trying to nail with this. The one concern that I have with it being live action that I feel like I'm not seeing echoed really in a lot of places is this is Nintendo and this is a man running around swinging a sword like how violent are we actually going to get with this? Is it going to be like Morbius levels of like, you know, grit or is this going to be like, there was this King Arthur movie that came out in like 2018 in like August that nobody saw. Like, is it going to be like that? Like a, a Percy Jackson type of level of violence? I don't really know what to expect. Um, because really like even looking at his track record, um, I mean, he produced the Blade movies. Like those are some of the goriest superhero movies to have ever come out. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't really know what to expect. I'm not. Of course, I'll watch it. I'm not excited about it, and don't have a good feeling in my stomach. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm worried for sure. Yeah, I think Nintendo just heard our our show a couple weeks ago when I said that they haven't been giving us enough softballs to to criticize and hammer lately. And then they serve us up this on a silver platter. I I've been thinking about this since it was announced. And I guess I'll start by prefacing like I am willing to have my mind changed on this. I'm willing to eat crow on everything I'm about to say over Absolutely. the next 20 minutes we talk about this. To. I would love if this is great. I don't see a world where it is right now. I think live action is such an enormous mistake for Mm -hmm. Zelda because 
How many years have people been clamoring for a dark, gritty, realistic, mature Zelda, and Nintendo continues to move the franchise into the painterly, artsy, uh, fantastical side of things? And then a live-action movie is just so antithetical to all of those ideals the Zelda franchise is built upon. Even Twilight Princess, which there's a lot of love for on this show, it's the darker art style. It doesn't look realistic. Look at some of those people and tell me they look like actual humans. They don't. It's still a very stylized art style. Zelda has never gone for a live-action look. You can say there's a God of War adaptation or a Last of Us adaptation or an upcoming Horizon thing. Those art styles are all trying to look live action in the games. That is the goal of those. Uncharted. Zelda is not. Zelda looks like a fairy tale. It looks like a picture book. Yeah, Studio Ghibli would have been the perfect choice to do something. There's even a fan-made trailer for a little short that's coming out at the end of this month that's been floating around that I watched probably 15 times yesterday because <laughs> that is what Zelda should look like. It is gorgeous. It is Link, young Link walking around in Castletown, and this is what the Studio Ghibli movies like Spirited Away do very well, and this is what Zelda does very well. It is a, a, a backdrop of weird characters doing weird things for no explained reason. That is a huge similarity these like Studio Ghibli movies and Zelda have in common. Link's walking around Castletown. There's the two guys juggling balls back and forth. There's dogs running around. There's the Lon Lon Ranch people doing their thing, and it's perfect. I think this is going to look extremely cringy in live action yeah it's gonna look bad justin and i have talked about this i personally no offense if you've cosplayed as link or zelda i'm not throwing shade at you i just personally don't think it ever looks that great i think that's it's a cartoon that you're trying to put into live action it's never worked for me like link with his long super thick sideburns huge hair like it's just huge ears and work for me yeah yeah and, in in what world does that hat not look ridiculous? <laughs> and I, Justin, you even brought up Lord of the Rings trilogy, and this isn't this isn't a, a, a shot at anything you said. I've seen so many people bring up Lord of the Rings as oh, if this is just like Lord of the Rings, if this is just like the greatest fantasy trilogy of movies ever made, with be. the just most the greatest of all time. That's it. Yeah. Oh, if it's just the best ever, sure, why not? It'll be great. It's just that's it. Second. It's not gonna work. It's not going to work. And is Maze Runner, I haven't seen them. I can't pass judgment on them. The vibe I get from them is like young adult teen drama adventure. And I imagine that's what this is going to have. I mean, like, <sighs> I, I, you can Google, I've never seen them either. So, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw shade at a movie I've never seen. But I will say, like, mm -hmm. if you Google the movie and then box art, like, I feel like you'll kind of get the vibe. It's kind of like the Insurgent films. I imagine it's a similar, <laughs> or Hunger Games, similar kind of vibe. Games, yeah. Um, I, which is fine. It's similar, I, I think that this is what I struggle with. And I, unfortunately, as I continue to age, it's just going to continue to be a problem and only get worse. Like, obviously, these are properties that are targeted towards younger people, and I'm no longer a young person. Like, I'm a man in my 30s, but like I, at one point this was catered to me and they're just doing all these things that I wish they had done when I was a kid now and I'm just not the target audience. Mm -hmm. I just seriously am sitting here. I can't picture what it's going to look like. I can't I just either. have no idea. I think that I'm going to be sitting in my theater seat in four years when this thing comes out, just like trying to merge my body into the seat because of how cringy it looks. That's my current prediction. I hope it's wrong. But uh, Justin, what do you even think this is going to look like? What art style are they going to go for in this thing? What vibe? Yeah, I mean, I think given the fact that it's going to be live action and it's such a setting of fantasy and magic and strange creatures, I mean, you can expect this thing to be like 80% CG. Um, this, yeah. this movie is going to be filmed in, on green stages with people wearing animated. green costumes. Yeah, right. Which means that you're literally animating most of the movie anyway. Come on, guys. Uh, and so so I think I think that's what we can expect. I think you can look at probably on the high end, something like some of the modern Marvel movies, uh, just in terms of vastly CG productions that mm -hmm. hopefully look pretty good for the most part. But I mean, it's also I, I have. 
I have a lot of worries about who's being cast for what. I think that as much as I loved the Mario movie, and I did like it a lot, I had a very good time with it. I think that it also showed us that N Nintendo is very comfortable with the idea of, I don't know if stunt casting is the right word, but hiring people uh, of celebrity talent in names ahead of people who necessarily fit the role. Like, again, if I had just my wishes for how they would if they had to make this movie, if I, if they asked me how to cast it, it would be find some unknown people uh, who, you know, you cast because they're the perfect person for this role, uh, not based on any other criteria. And I don't think that, that that's extremely likely. If you think that anybody but Tom Holland is playing Link, you're out oh of your God. mind. That is. You're out so of your Sony mind. Sony Pictures makes yeah. it even more likely. It's Sony Pictures. That is so painful to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and, and I think if the Mario movie taught us anything like this, I, I feel like what Nintendo is starting to do here with these is they're doing like a greatest hits of what made the most money in the last 10 years. And you look at the Jurassic World trilogy and you look at the Rise of Skywalker and like you start piecing together all of these people of like, all right, well get the producer who did this and get the, the writer who did this. And like, we can't lose because these are yeah, just like money man. making machines. You know, I am just not that excited about Kevin Hart as the voice of Navi. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. I, but you're right. You're right about all of it. It is going to be stars that you have seen before, which is a shame. I actually had this click last night. I, there, this isn't going to happen, but under the scenario where this is a live action movie, I wish they would cast like a 10 year old as Link. I want it to be a kid. That'd be I want really it to cool. be a child actor and I want them it to be like Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time. Well, that was what I was going to ask. So what, what plot do we think we're going with? Or do we think it's an entirely new plot? Like Jess and I were talking I about this last night. it'll be a generic mishmash. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, are they going to go Mario movie with it or are they just going to stick like, all right, Link to the Past, this is the plot. You know what you're getting. Good day. Yeah. I, I, I don't think the movie is going to be called The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time. And, yeah, like yeah. That. I think it'll just be The you Legend know, of Zelda. But Yeah. And, and I think that it will be an original story. I put in original quotes because it'll be kind of the time-worn main story that we've seen of here's Link, get the sword, kill that mean old pig man. Um, and it'll it'll pull some things specifically from the games, probably primary Ocarina, primarily Ocarina. Some of the pulls it'll do will be specifically as a nod to the audience, and we'll all be like, oh, there's the thing! He has a jar! Uh, oh my, 100% uh, chance he breaks a pot at some point. Like, it's just gonna happen. Um, but I, I, I think that's what we can expect. Yeah, I think that you look at Uncharted, his prior closest comp, because of the people involved in this thing. An Uncharted movie is a weird origin story, but also retells a lot of elements from the game. So it's like, oh, so in the games, he's just done this already before. It's a disaster. That movie's not good. But I think it'll be that. And it's and the, Mario the same movie we're about to get. <laughs> All the way down to Tom Holland. Uh-huh. Just biting yeah. my tongue over here. Mark Wahlberg as the wise old owl. Mm. Yeah, yikes. So... I don't know where else, if you guys want to go anywhere else with this before we move on. I feel worse Any than when thoughts? we started the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. About I've, all I've of it. terrible about this all day. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's a very monkey's paw scenario. I don't even think it is, because I don't even want this. I don't even need a Zelda movie to begin with. I don't need no, I it. Uh, like, yeah, like, I, I guess, let me ask this. Have I would either... like a transmedia Zelda adaptation. Okay, here you go. Yeah. Have either of you come in contact with anybody yet that is like super jazzed about this? A couple of people on in the uh, NVC podcast Facebook group have come at me because I went and posted. I was like, oh, my God, this like, is what awful. are they and doing? Like, I'm so excited. This is my dream come true. So there's people would, out there. OK, I would say, yeah, if, if you are excited about this movie, one, don't let us yuck your yum. Uh, we're not going to yeah. tell you not yeah. to be sad about something Two, write in. We would love to hear what Please has you so excited about this movie. I think that the most of the people that are most excited about it are the people who have been wanting Zelda to be dark and gritty and mature for the last decade. I think that's who's excited about yeah, this. Yeah, that, that's the thing. That, that's we are not this not movie. getting an R-rated Zelda movie. I can promise you that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So this thing is still years away, but I I'm just scratching my head. I know that Miyamoto said it's been in development for several years, but I look at this and I'm like, 
Illumination just made you $1 billion. Like, I would rather hand a cartoony kid minion-like Zelda movie. I would be happier watching that than live action. I'm serious. I am dead serious. I, I put out a tweet of art styles I think suit Zelda to a T. And there's one I even missed. I think that I had, like, Castlevania was on there. The Dragon Quest Netflix that movie that's gorgeous was on there. Spirited Away was on there. Claymation Zelda. Muppet Zelda. Yes. Puss in Boots The Last Wish Zelda. <laughs> like, there's so many cool art styles they could go with. That would be awesome. Because Zelda has done that in its own franchise for years. You know the one thing it's never looked like? live action real life <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a big bummer because I, i'm just surprised they're doing it the mario live action movie scared them off for making movies for over 20 years and, and now they're back doing yeah, it again. i mean i'm like just look at any of the live action halo stuff to see what happens when you try and do a live action adaptation of something that's not just grounded in today's modern human world <laughs> in a video game standpoint Everything looks so off and silly, and the scale is so weird, and it all looks like props and toys. And as much as I hope that's not going to be the case, I strongly believe that that is going to be the case here. Yeah, I agree. Legend of Zelda movie. Uh, send in your thoughts, toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com, at toadstoolbr. I think it's a huge miss. I, don't, I haven't even seen it, but I think it's a big mistake. I just can't wait until they add live-action Link to, to uh, Mario Kart as one of the drivers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but that's uh, it, uh, last thing on this one, I guess, is if you had to pick someone to play Link, not Tom Holland, oh, is there anyone you would even have in mind to play Link? And will Link talk? I say yes, he'll talk. He's 100% going to talk. Mario talked, Link's going to talk. Link talks in the manga, it's actually pretty good. The Zelda manga is good, by the way. Oh, man. If the the Twilight it. Princess manga is awesome. I haven't read it's, it yet. I'm waiting oh, for like a so complete good. set. In that in that that version of of Link, just a big sturdy farm boy who's like frankly has a pretty dark past. Yeah, he's awesome. Very cool. Uh, that would be, be R rated if you directly ad uh, adapted that. If you want a sense for <laughs> how that one goes, um, yeah. Again, you know, somebody unknown would be ideal. Um, <laughs> one of the first ones that popped in my my name is like a a known actor would be like Kira Knightley because I, I I do like the idea of a very like slender like effeminate uh, Link, which is again he's he's you know so. But, by design, meant to be a little bit more of a blank slate. They were uh, uh, very clear about that in Tears of the Kingdom in, in terms of his design, <laughs> um, that some androgyny is on purpose. Um, yeah, I think a youthful actor would be good. The le Frank, Frankly, the less famous this actor is, the happier I'll be about it. Yeah, same. Chris, any picks? Uh, I don't know enough young actors at this point to be able to, like, throw out there, like... I feel like we haven't, maybe I just, I don't watch that many movies anymore. Um, I feel like there haven't really been that many outside of like Bella Ramsey um, for the last of us adaptation. Like I feel like she, she's been, she was the last like really big name young actor or actress that we've seen in the last maybe three or four years. Yeah, um, it was like the Stranger Things kids, but they're all adults now. Well, I was, I actually <laughs> chuckled to God, myself. For the, love of, for the love of God, don't make it Finn Wolfhard. I know. <laughs> that was exactly what I thought. I was like, they're going to freaking guess no. Finn Wolfhard as Link in this. Uh, not that I don't like him. It's just, I feel like yeah. he's the kid in everything. Like, he doesn't have to Man, be. Man, yeah, if, if it is a, like if it 20, is a young... I think he's yeah, like 20 true. years old at this point. But if it is like young Link, there's an 80% chance it's going to be him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I just... I don't understand. Nintendo is so unique, and they're so themselves. I I thought the Illumination partnership was okay. I wasn't as mad about it as some other people when that was announced years ago. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good pairing. And the movie turned out well and made a buckets of money. But this one just feels like, why are you doing this? Why are you taking one of your most treasured things that is like very looped into Japanese culture and sending it to Hollywood. It feels like something that would have happened 10 years ago, not now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think the, the properties are very different. Like, I think that as much as we love Mario, is, and as much as Mario is one of the most recognizable mascots in the world, he, he also, like, lends himself to a silly adventure of whimsy and things <laughs> like that, whereas Zelda is much more of a prestige series. Like, using Sony as an example, right? It's why something like a animated Ratchet and Clank made sense, but, like, they didn't necessarily give the last of us the same treatment and make us a silly romp of a movie out of that you know uh sony different... didn't even give the last of us to itself it I gave know. it to hbo <laughs> like come on what are we doing yeah so yeah. so 
that's I don't know that that's the example that occurs to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We got to move on, or I would talk about this for hours because yeah, we got to move on to another big topic, which is Nintendo financials uh, for quarter one and quarter two of this fiscal year are out. You guys know my favorite topic every three months is when we get to talk about the numbers. Strap in, everybody. This is why it's we're statistics right. time. I have a lot, but it's okay. We'll contextualize for them for you. That's what we'll do. I want to start here. Pikmin 4 has sold 2.61 million units yeah, by it the has. end of October. Solid. It's the best-selling game in the series. Get Chris. it. Get it. Love this. Love this for, for Pikmin 4 fans. Um, I'm seeing a lot of Pikmin 4 hate on the internet, uh, specifically target, targeted at me anytime I say how great Pikmin 4 is. Uh, I'm here to tell you, you're incorrect. Pikmin 4 is amazing. If you haven't played it, go play it. Even if you don't like the other Pikmin games, you should try it. You should. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Pikmin uh, fan, but I want it to sell well because I want the people who do like the game to buy it and have more come out. There you go. It's interesting. I read through Nintendo's entire presentation. It was like 150 pages. And I read. I got to the Pikmin portion, and they talked all about how they've been building awareness of Pikmin. And the examples they've used are just funny. It, they talk about the merch, which makes sense. They talk about the Pikmin Bloom app, which makes sense. But then they talk about and Pikmin's cameos at Super Nintendo World have raised awareness of the series. And I'm like, who saw those <laughs> at Nintendo World and bought Pikmin 4? I'm sorry, but I don't think so. No. I feel like they were like, is that, what is that thing? I don't remember that from Mario. <laughs> it's the only non-Mario thing in the park. Is that is that one of the turnips you throw in Mario 2? <laughs> <laughs> Why has it got a face? Nice. Yeah. But I thought that was a funny example to include. But hey, it's, they're, they're right. In less than three months, it's the best-selling game in the series. We'll see a Pikmin 5. We definitely will. Nintendo loves the series too much to not. They love it, and yeah, these sales will will justify it. So I want to talk about there. Speaking of the theme park, the Donkey Kong theme park expansion is still set to open at uh, Universal Studios Japan in Osaka next year, and it's going to expand the park to 1.7 times the current size. So this thing's going to be big. That's a lot bigger than I expected it to be. So that's pretty cool. And something I want to fold this into is at multiple points in these documents that I combed through ahead of the show, they talked about how they are just straight up saying the Mario movie led to a 30% increase in Mario game sales this year. Like games that have been out for years are selling almost half times more than they were in prior years because of the Mario movie is what they're attributing this to. Wow. So if they're going Donkey Kong a theme park, there's rumblings of an Illumination Donkey Kong movie. Guys, we've, we've got to be seeing a Donkey Kong game on the next system. It has to happen. I don't disagree. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier concepts of things like transmedia and those sorts of things. Like, they make a huge difference. Uh, uh, I've been working on a separate project out, outside of here where I'm doing a lot of research on some various games. And video game video games that have high-quality content outside of the video game do tend to have this significant Halo effect. Uh, Halo as in a ring, not the big guy in the armor with the nice. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it... It it is impactful. It like the it, it has a significant ability to extend the life of something, to reinvigorate life into something that has petered off, and bring in people who were maybe not necessarily invested into it, who then like that other thing and want to come back to it. And Nintendo, I think, is is just now really seeing. How, they're they're basically trying to see how far that'll go, and I think the answer is pretty damn far. Yeah, I I think you're seeing this now with uh, Sony with a lot of their properties, like mm-hmm. uh, specifically The Last of Us, like. That's one that for the longest time, even before they did, I mean, I think it's what led them to doing the remakes, but, you know, HBO series, um, having Outbreak Day, which if you're not familiar, is like the day the zombie apocalypse breaks out in that series. Like, now just called The Last of Us Day. Now it's just The Last it. of Us Day. They changed <laughs> yeah. it. But they have like exclusive merch that day and stuff like that. So it's like this, you know, you're making this thing that is a single player experience, unless you're counting factions on the other releases, but... Um, they're giving it more legs. You're giving it a reason to like have people talk about it when they otherwise might not. How do people are talking about Returnal at this point? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo are all doing projects like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This isn't even a joke or, or, or a diss at Sony. They have more movies than games right now. They do. They have more movies and TV shows in the works than they do games. Um, And it's working. What'd you say? I said, they don't make make games games anymore. anymore. Yeah, they just make Morbius and Zelda movies. That's what, that's what Sony has now. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think 
I wrote I wrote a feature a couple weeks ago about how Nintendo is just an entertainment company now, and then these earnings I feel like just really support that. Absolutely, like that they have totally. This year is the year they've turned the corner in this transformation into this full blown entertainment brand, and now we've got a Zelda movie, a DK theme park, more merch on shelves than ever before. Something Chris has talked a lot about on this show, and it's just going to keep going. So yeah, it's nice to see. Oh man, and, okay, not, not not to interrupt. Speaking of merch, did you guys see the trailer for the Piranha Plant? Lego I game. saw it came yeah. out. Oh my god! Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I I do not hate this expansion of Nintendo into other things. Make no, no mistake. I'm actually a very big fan of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the worry is always, well, will the focus go too much in the wrong direction? With Sony, I kind of feel like yes. Honestly, we aren't seeing enough first-party games from them. That's a whole. There's many different reasons for that. I've talked about that on the show before too. There's their consoles are too powerful. That the games to live up to what the console hardware is packing, it just takes too many years, too much, too many people, and too much money. Uh, anyways, that's so that's unrelated to the entertainment business. But with Nintendo, I have faith that games will always be the nucleus of this brand. Always, no matter how many theme parks and movies and toys they have. Actually, in that same vein, one of the interesting things that came out this week, and I don't know if you're going to get to it, but um, there was an interview, I think it was with the president of Nintendo, that said they asked the question about like um, next consoles or next generations of consoles. And he basically said, like, we want Switch to have long legs. Like, we want this thing to last for a really long time and for people not to worry. And part of that, I think, is um, they want people to c- continue buying them through Christmas, right? Because the next one's not out yet. But I think the other side of it, too, is... I think they see the realization or, or the reality that like, hey, look how long it's taking Sony to put these games out. Look how long it's taking Microsoft to put these games out. Whereas if we do dial it back a little bit, like have we hit this sweet spot where we can get things out at a regular cadence and people are happy with the products that we're releasing? Yeah, I agree. Because once you release a console as powerful as the PS5 and Series X, there's no going back. You can't come out next generation and be like, Here's a less powerful console, but Nintendo's placed in this place where they're still running on something weaker than a PS4. So if the next thing that comes out is a PS4, people will be happy with that for the next 10 years. So I think they're in a great spot. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're in a great spot for that. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about next gen at the end of all this because they said some ridiculous things. But let's keep on track with uh, uh, we were talking about Mario and the theme park and how Mario sales have increased a lot. Super Mario Brothers Wonder had the largest first two weeks for a Super Mario title ever, selling 4.3 million units in its first two weeks on the market. So that's great. I don't think it's a surprise. I think that we probably all saw that coming on a console with 130 million units out there, but it's good to see a 2D game selling that well. Uh, Also, I thought it was interesting that Mario Run and Mario Kart Tour users have grown by 40% this year. Those games are still chugging out there. Well, yeah. How many kids saw the uh, the Mario movie and their parents handed them an iPhone and said, all right, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. I'm honestly wondering... If Nintendo has any regrets about that, like how many Switch sales did they miss out on because yeah. there's Mario games on phones that they haven't really supported? That's actually a good point. What are the what are the chances that they're like, hey, the Switch sold really well this holiday season. What if we still didn't release the Switch 2 until 2025 just because of I how well it did after the Mario movie? I think that's possible. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Justin um, looks so tired. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's ready. He's, he's ready to move on from 720, 30 FPS. Yeah, I'm pretty ready. Yeah. 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 So some interesting things about next gen. We can get into that now. They talked about the Nintendo account in this presentation, and they said that the Nintendo account will support long-term relationships with customers through, quote, purchase history, save data, friends, and experience data. I think the interesting part of this is purchase history. Does this indicate backwards compatibility on the next machine? That, to me, sounds like an Xbox-like like system of you have purchased this game and now it follows your account. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I hope... I don't know why I've seen people throwing this around. I sure hope that translates to physical media because people are like, oh, this indicates digital backwards compatibility. I can't see that happening. Mm, wait what do you mean that they only do digital yes i sorry i could i I can't see nintendo doing that i could only a thousand percent see that i can't see it no way 
I'll make a bet with you guys on the show. I'll, right I'll put it this way. I think you get it for one generation. I think that's as far back as they go. And then for I, physical? Yeah, for physical. For physical support. Like whether it's you get like two slots similar to like a, a DS Lite situation. Um, that, I, that's I, exactly it. Honestly, I think a lot of it comes down to what sort of storage media the next generation is using. If it uses the same form factor, I think it'll potentially get it. I don't think they're going to spend the money to put another slot into it just so you can bring the games that you already bought over. I don't. I, I think that that is going to be the linchpin. I don't know of a reason why they would need to change it from a technical perspective. Like, I don't think there's a bottleneck on the storage no, speed of it, that cartridge. It may not be a technical perspective, though. Like, whoever manufactures these carts, like, there may be a form factor that offers a slightly better rate or something like that. Sure. Um, uh, and I, and so I, I think you can anticipate things like that to be largely driven by cost. Yeah. I think you could see a more premium version of the console that has the original Switch uh, cartridge slot I pay and for then it. maybe one that's digital only or doesn't have it i don't, I don't have cartridges and i'd pay for it yeah <laughs> yeah but again yeah. like you you're only going to get that i think for the next generation and then i don't think you'll uh, it'll be no different than the jump from gamecube to wii to wii u like yeah or gba slots in right yeses and things like oh that. yeah yeah to be clear i wasn't talking about two gens for now i'm talking about next gen yeah I, i've seen some people say that they think next gen might be digital only carries over that i have a hard time seeing yeah, i, I feel like i don't know we'll see i don't know i just have a hard time thinking that they would give no warning of that because if they had said that at some point which how would you they they wouldn't even known but it would have driven people towards digital at the time and I probably would have bought more digital games if I had known this thing was coming. I think they, so. Yeah. I kind of feel like they—they they haven't made any promises of any backwards compatibility, though. It's so it's not like yeah. we can say, like, "Oh, you only gave us half of it." They—they they, they never <laughs> said we were getting anything. Yeah. Can I? Can I throw us for a loop down a rabbit yes. hole for a bit? Please do. Um, can we talk a bit about the patent that came out with the two screen? The two screen thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we think yeah. do so? We- there was a patent that dropped that uh, Shintaro Furukawa actually addressed in this interview that Chris alluded to earlier. And he's saying this patent doesn't mean it's ever actually going to come out. Blah, blah, blah. Of course, he's going to say that that is true. They have made many patents before that we have never seen come to light. But this one is a it's a two screen device, basically, that can attach and detach from each other into two distinct devices. And so you can have like docked play with a switch or Wii U like play or DS like play. It feels too good to be true to me. It feels like they have this idea for this machine that could do Switch, DS, and Wii U-like experiences and decided to patent it. I don't think it's anything, but Chris, you wanted to bring it up, so what do you think? I feel like it's like one of three things. It's either an add-on for a a console, a Switch successor. Um, It's another device, like another digital-only device that it's like, hey, this is only used for eShop purchases uh, we've closed the Wii U and 3DS eShop, so wouldn't it be great if you could repurchase all of those games again in a different ecosystem? I feel like it could be something like that. Um, I forget what I thought my third one was going to be. Um, whether I don't know if I said add-on um, or, or oh no, I guess or this is it. Um, like this is the the next one of one of the iterations of the next console, which I don't I don't think it's that. Um, I feel like a like a low powered. Um, almost like a streaming device, a PS portal, PlayStation portal thing that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to that, I could see it being something along those lines. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, how confusing do they want to make the market? Um, yes. So I, I could see them. I could see this being one of those things where they like created it and then we're like, well, we should probably patent it because it's 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 a good idea. Just like put it on the back burner and see if we do anything with it. Um, the Switch patents that they put out in like 2016 were not one to one with what the Switch ended up being, but like the concept was similar. So it could also be one of those types of situations as well. Any thoughts, Justin? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with Chris in so much as I don't think it's very likely that this is going to be a core console feature. Um, a lot of the the value in then in purchasing the Nintendo hardware is the fact that it comes in at a lower price point. Adding additional screens doesn't serve that need, and a lot of value to them is that they actually sell it at a profit, which is unlike what other people do. Which gets we much harder in that scenario. So if this does is a does become a product that goes to market, I think it as, as it being a separate accessory or or device. 
um, intended specifically to, to, I don't know, maybe allow people to play 3DS games again uh, and make those viable, I think, could be cool. Um, at the same time, like, there is value in paying attention to the patents. I remember all the way back in high school, um, reading very, very early versions of IGN.com and coming across an article for a patent for a screen that would produce different images, um, depending on where you were in relation to the screen. So if you're more to the left, you would see one image. More to the right, you would see another image. My friends and I surmise that, like, are they coming up with, like, a split screen without the split screen concept or something like that? No, with... What that was was that was a 10 years before was on the market patent for what would become the 3DS. And so these things do at least tell you what they're thinking about and what they're working on and experimenting with. They're a very experimental research-driven company, and these give you some insight into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it could be something we do end up seeing. I There's been so many headlines about we're not going to repeat the same mistakes of Wii U, and if this is what they come out with, you might be repeating the same mistakes <laughs> yeah. as Wii U. It's confusing as heck if that's yeah, the real product. Exactly. This, 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 this two-screen experience and the new Switch U. Yeah, oh no, oh no. But yeah, it's an interesting patent, and kind of speaking of next-gen, there's back to the Nintendo account, this all kind of ties together, there's over 330 million of them right now with over 38 million people paying for Nintendo Switch Online. So that is a huge user base you're going to want to carry over. So yes, finally the Nintendo account's going to carry over. It's not going to be the third gen in a row where we need to sign up for new accounts like we needed to on the 3DS, the Wii U, and, and the Switch. So that's very nice. And then Furukawa said, we will continue to release new titles and content for Nintendo Switch without being bound by the traditional concept of the platform lifecycle. Also in an interview, he denied showing off the Switch successor at Gamescom. They do this all the time. We'll just put that out there right now. Oh, there's no new DS. It's announced the next day. <laughs> the, I'll, I'll, what do you guys think of this? This is my thought on this one, is that when it gets announced, he'll be like, because it's not the successor, it's a new pillar to stand alongside yeah. the Nintendo yeah. Switch. Yeah, thousand percent. That's that is exactly means. what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what it means. So they did show it off, or, or some version of it. So, yeah, but... They're saying they're going to keep making Switch games. Of course they're going to say that when they have Black Friday holiday bundles hitting the shelves this month. But Chris, you brought it up. If there's anything more you want to say about it, do you think we're getting hardware next year? I still do. The only reason I could see us not getting it is because of the Mario movie. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. I wonder if the Mario movie is... It, I think it'll it'll depend on what their lineup is at this point. Like if they have nothing past June, then I think they have to release something in the fall. Um, yeah. Or, or maybe even sooner. Um, I don't think they'll do it in the summer. Um, but if, yeah, I, I that's the only thing that's kind of like playing, playing that in my head at this point is that the Mario movie did so well. And I wonder if it surprised them. At, at what it did for their back catalog of games, especially if you're a new Switch owner. Like, I can't wait to see fiscal numbers in January. After the after the holidays. Yeah, when, when the happens. dust has settled, like, how many copies of Mario Kart 8 were sold? Yes. Yeah, it's it's going to be massive. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it already is massive. Mario Kart is at 57 million right now <laughs> on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's, it's just absolutely bonkers. I'll say... I think the Mario movie might be a reason we do get new hardware. I think 3D Mario is a launch title. I do. I think the Odyssey successor is a launch title for the system. I think that would ju- it'd go off if that came out yeah. next holiday season. So I think we'll probably see it. Justin, wh- where do you land on this? Yeah, I mean, we have a uh, roadmap with some releases up through the summer. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's obviously, it's like uh conspicuously quiet after that so it certainly feels like that's what they've been targeting at the same time you know the transition from one generation to another isn't like a line with a hard stop it's a venn diagram with a lot of overlap between the two Uh, and i think we can expect there to be a pretty substantial generational overlap as we as we move from one to the other um and that's for a couple of reasons one you want your software to be purchased by the people who have 130 million of your existing device to anytime new hardware comes out it is hard to get and you want to ensure people have access to hot new games and a lot of people purchase them so i i think that if anything this just reflects the fact that they're in such a strong position that they don't have to necessarily do anything at any given time they're going to do it when it makes the most sense for them i think that'll be this year but you know they're they're well ahead of the game playing on house money so they can do whatever they want I'm glad you brought that up because 
This gen has been the most overlap we've ever seen. We are still getting PlayStation 4 games three years after those things came out. I know we got PS2 games came out forever, but that was kind of an exception. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing like was, major... Yeah, that was primarily sports titles, though, for a long mm-hmm. time, I think. And, and and a lot of places like the Latin American market and other parts of the yeah. world are still purchasing new ones, up, uh, possibly even now. Like, there's... Um, you know, we, we, we take a pretty Western centric view of things, but um, there's an entire rest of the world that actually buys a lot of consoles. Exactly. So uh, I think that we will see Switch games continue even a year, two years after. Nintendo's done it before yeah. also. Like Pokemon Black and White came out after the 3DS was already out. And then mm-hmm. the 3DS ones came out the next year. So that has happened before. I think it will continue to happen. So especially with a machine at 130 million units, mm-hmm. I would expect to see nintendo's development on these games scale back and mostly see third parties still putting out switch games that's how they tend to do it they really want to support the new thing with with software but yeah the switch will probably get new content even if we get a new machine next year i don't know into 2026 even i could see being pretty realistic yeah and i I don't don't pretend that i know game dev or that i know things like software exceptionally well i know that frankly that's more like uh, chris's wheelhouse but i know that you know Video game scaling to hit hardware specs has existed as long as video games have existed. And especially if it's made for just two flavors of similar architecture, um, ports aren't an enti- necessarily an entire separate built from the ground game. And there can be a lot of um, efficiency uh, creating something for multiple platforms as long as they're running a similar architecture, which it sounds like these will be. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I haven't gotten to watch it. I started to and I uh, had to. Uh play with the baby but <laughs> there's a video on digital foundry uh where uh they go through uh basically like what they anticipate the new nvidia gpu is going to be um the new tegra chip on uh the next uh, processor or on the next uh, switch um and yeah i i think what we're going to end up seeing is like you're going to see those nintendo titles start to trail off a little bit you'll have a few here and there like right samus returns like came to, to 3ds really late in the game mm-hmm. um but i think what is really going to carry it is like they're they're going to push that indie showcase for switch owners um you're going to have developers like devolver um that are putting out games and porting them to both platforms um and really i don't imagine it to be that heavy of a lift like these are probably going to be uh, similar OSs, um, you already know that they're Tegra chipsets, so like that's not one to one, but like you're in the same ballpark, right? Of like what you're developing for, um, so that shouldn't be too crazy there. If anything, like what'll be interesting at that point is when you look at like the Plucky Squire when that comes out. You know how well does it run on uh, Switch versus the next console? Like, is there going to be like a, a performance boost similar to what we yeah. saw with like PS4 and PS4 Pro and all that? I expect, hopefully, my, my dream would be that even the shop carries over and that it, like PS4 and PS5, yeah. you can buy any PS4 game on the PS5 shop, except mm-hmm. PSVR games, but that's that's just not really related. And Xbox is kind of the same way, too. I can't wait for the next Zelda to look so realistic it looks live action. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, that's going to be great. FMV, Zelda yeah, on the yeah, next let's machine. Let's go! <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it'll be the same store. I think that it's it's like the iPhone model. It's the same app store on every device. You can just access some different things on iPhone 15 Pro versus on other machines. I think yeah, it'll be like that on the next one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wish searching was a little better, but everything else is pretty good about it. Yeah. Uh, last kind of things here I wanted to point out. Uh, this, this quote made me happy. F-099, which just released in September as a members-only title, is being enjoyed by many people. I'm glad. I'm glad it's being enjoyed Not by many Logan. people, Nintendo. Not just me. Like Make me and, and Logan. And <clears throat> anyway. A lot of people played that when it came out. There was a lot of people talking about <laughs> no, it. No, that was like a hey, big title the week it was out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it just fell yeah. off very quickly. I think that ninety all 99 games kind of have that quick tail off, but maintain a pretty dedicated small community that sticks with them. I think that's happening with F-Zero yeah. as well. And, and every time they release new content for it, it bubbles up again. So it'll... Mm-hmm do that for as long as they want to keep making stuff for it yeah oh by the way tetris 99 this weekend if you're still playing that has uh a super mario rpg theme that you can get mm-hmm. oh that, that's yes. almost enough to make me want to go play <laughs> do <laughs> Just it to hear the music while i play tetris 99 do it also previews are out and they're pretty good yeah for mario rpg Man. and we're only uh, about a week and a half away from that i'm so excited exciting stuff 
last couple numbers here, and then I'll stop talking about numbers. I promise. Uh, WarioWare, or sorry, we're going to talk about WarioWare after to wrap up our show. Nintendo Switch is at 132.46 million units with software at 1.13 billion units which is pretty crazy. Uh, and then Tears of the Kingdom at 19.5 million. Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom combined are only 10 million units shy of matching every other Legend of Zelda game combined of all time. Is that good? That seems so, good. That yeah. seems like a lot. It is good, and it shows you that Zelda was not a huge seller. Twilight Princess, I think, was the biggest seller prior to these two at 7 million or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so... That is why we may never see a traditional 3D Zelda again, because those numbers are just, they're undeniable. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Nintendo highlighted the explosion of Zelda popularity in their document, talking about how it has turned into a globally popular series because of these two games. So I've always loved you, Zelda. I'm, uh, you didn't need to go open world for me, but apparently for a lot of people you did. Last Turns couple out, numbers though, here. I, I can just interject a really good strategy is to make the best game ever. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend yes. devs do that going forward. If only they'll, they yeah. can do that with a movie. Just make the best movie ever. Just make <laughs> yeah, the best just movie ever. Make the best one. Yeah. yeah. Comes around. Nintendo Switch Sports has finally resolved a year and a half long boardroom bet that I had with former boardroom chairman Odell, where he said it would not pass 10 million. I said it would. It finally did. Nintendo Switch Sports has passed 10 million lifetime sales. Say what you will about that game, but I knew it would be a hot seller. It's not a great game. It's though. not. It's very okay. <laughs> it's really not. It's, no, it's not. It's not too great. And then some bummer news. Advance Wars has not shown up on their list of software that has crossed a million this fiscal year. So it has not crossed that number. Now, here's what I'll say for all of you that get mad at, oh, Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. Why is it $300? Oh, why is uh why is Clay Fighter sixty three and a third like you know a million dollars or go buy Advance Wars right now on the Switch and don't open it? <laughs> You'll thank me in twenty years. This is investing with Chris. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But a bummer. That's a series I don't think we ever see again. I think it's done. I think it yeah, is I think done. It's I done. think the awkward circumstances of them delaying that game the history that franchise has had with poor release timing and the low sales numbers of this remake it's over it's over for advanced force yeah i picked up the remake i gave it one of those sales numbers but i haven't played it yet i haven't either so i haven't I, yeah. did, did you pick I'll this one up justin no uh, yeah. uh i i'm a fire emblem guy not a advanced wars guy yeah yeah so Sorry, Advance Wars fans, but I think that one is is dead. Uh, last thing lost. here. It's true. Yeah. Switch OLED has a new bundle coming out this holiday season. It's the first OLED bundle we've ever seen with software in it. Smash Ultimate and Joy-Cons, the ugly gray Smash logo on the Joy-Con. <laughs> that right Joy-Con that just has the horizontal line on the bottom. is just It's the worst thing they've ever made. Uh, and a three-month Switch Online membership that's coming out on November 19th for $349.99. And Super Mario yeah, Party should be Superstars. I don't know why it's this one. But with red and blue Joy-Con is coming out on uh, November 10th. That is Friday for $99.99. So a couple of new bundles hitting shelves this holiday season along with the Mario Kart bundle for the standard Switch and the Animal Crossing bundles for the Switch Lite. So you've got a bundle choice, all three SKUs of the Switch with their three of their best-selling games. It's nice. Good strategy this holiday. Good values. Yeah, absolutely. And nice red and blue uh, color combo. The right blue Joy-Con, never previously available in America. So you can get that one now in America for the first time. I don't think that's true. It's the, it is true. I have one. It is true. It's the... It's the dark blue, right? Oh. Yeah, it previously was bundled. It was a left dark blue and a right yellow. Yeah, and uh, the the right blue never came here. Wasn't it the arms bundle at one point? Or wasn't that what they promoted it with? The arms bundle was just two yellows. Why do I know this? Okay. Toad School Boardroom, come for the detailed financial breakdown. Stay for the hardcore Joy-Con nerdetry. (laughs) Hey, hey, someone's got to talk about this stuff. It's going to be us. Yeah. yeah was it too painful? In the, in the iTunes store. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it for Nintendo Financials. Too long. Didn't read. They're doing very well. They're doing incredibly well. Profits very up 20% this year. 
You're doing nice. Okay, let's talk about WarioWare Move It, which is out last week. I've had the chance to play a ton of it. Chris, have you dove into it yet, or have you still not been able to? I got to play like an hour and a half last night. I stayed up late. Nice. So we could talk about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Justin, have you picked this one up? Or no, you, don't uh, come my way. That project I mentioned before has been destroying my yeah, life. Okay. I'll play video games again next week. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Someday. Okay, WarioWare Move It. It is out. It's the second WarioWare on Switch. Chris, what do you think? I think so far I'm enjoying it. Uh, I do think that there are some poses that are a bit uh, unfair in how uh, they, they're they executed, not because of any fault of, I think, the game. I think it's the fault of the Joy-Con themselves. Um, in particular, so for those who aren't familiar with it, uh, there's, I don't know how many different poses within the game where the, before a mini game starts, it says, hold the joy con this certain way. Um, and then you play the mini game holding them that way. Um, and there's one where I forget what they call it, but like you, ha- you're holding them in the palm of your hands. Um, like they're flat mm-hmm. in your hands. Um, and Almost every single mini game that I play with that, I cannot complete. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, it, I think it's, I don't know if it's a sensitivity or I'm holding them in a weird angle or what, but like there's certain weird things like that in this game that are kind of tripping me up. Um, that being said, it is very wacky. It is very like over the top chaotic energy. If you're a fan of the WarioWare series, definitely check it out. Um, I don't think it surpasses smooth moves just from what I've played so far, but I think that game is like kind of perfect because of the Wiimote. Um, I, I really, and, you know, and, and I've said this time and time again, like I understand that they were under the assumption that the Joy-Con could do everything that the Wiimote was able to do in a self-contained form factor, and it just can't. Um, and I hope they learn from it. If they want to have that in a future Nintendo console, great, but give me a sensor bar and make it work better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that the motion controls are probably my biggest issue with this game. I agree with that. There's sometimes it just doesn't work. And I think if you're playing in multiplayer, if you're playing in a party setting, that's okay. Because it's not about the precise score chasing side of WarioWare. It's about the let's all fall over laughing at how this game is making us shake our butts and sit on the floor and and do these ridiculous things. I think that there are really two types of WarioWare games. There is that single-player, handheld, high-score chasing type. Yep. And then there is that local co-op, have people over, pass the controller, and, and have a good time laughing type. And now Switch has one of each of those. I think Get It Together is the score-chasing type. It's online multiplayer mode that refreshed with a new tournament every week, really incentivized picking it back up and going for that gold cup to try and beat your friends online. And this one... It's just great to play in a group. I played it with my girlfriend. We played through the entire campaign in in one night. It's very short, only about three hours until you've seen pretty much everything that's in this game, which is why it's priced down to a $49.99 title. But it's good. I think that the the poses are really funny. There's one called Baka where you stand like a chicken with the tail and the beak. And then there's a game where it makes you run around as a cuckoo in, in Kakariko Village from Ocarina of Time, which is just brilliant. I really love that. Um, and... It does some really cool things in co-op. Did you just play alone last night? Yeah, I only did single player, yeah. Co-op, I think, is where this game shines the most because it it does a lot of really cool things. First off is you can play the entire campaign with two people. You can play through the whole thing. And there's two different ways it does that. You're either alternating who's doing the minigame. So as you're going through, it'll be like, player one, baka, and then player one gets in that stance and does the game. Or player two does it. Or you do that at the same time, and if either one of you fails, you lose a life. But the coolest thing it does is how it edits the micro, some micro games if you have two people. For example, there's one game where you it's the knight pose. You're holding it like a sword, the two Joy-Con on top of one the other, and you're shoveling food into this alligator's mouth. And it's a single-player game. But then when you have two people, the second person is the alligator, and they're in the crocodile pose, and they have to clamp down on the food. That's cool. And then, so, (laughs) they do that a bunch. Like, there's one instance where you're washing a dish, and if you're alone, you're just spraying water on the dirty spots. But if you're playing in two-player, player one has to scrub it with a sponge before it can be cleared off with the hose. So they do really smart stuff like that that's really cool in multiplayer. And then the other thing I love about multiplayer is that if... I fail a minigame, it tags in player two who has a chance to do that same minigame, and if they succeed at it, 
your team doesn't lose a life. So it's a way if you're playing with a younger player or just someone who's not as skilled, you can bail them out and you won't be frustrated that, oh, my, my kid's losing all my lives and we're not getting to the end because you can bail them out. And I think that's a really clever way of doing it. So co-op, this game's awesome. Yeah, I think that as far as the single player experience is concerned, I did find that pretty forgiving, which was nice. Um, like there was uh, whatever level or character it was that had that pose that I was talking about. Um, I, I failed four times. So then that would have been the end, but then there's this like redemption moment where you like have the opportunity to, um, to get those lives back. And if you, if you succeed at that, then you get all four back. It's not like you just get one, uh, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, like what I was hoping I'd be able to do until I looked it up on YouTube and, uh, spoilers for anybody that, uh, is trying to do this. Like, I just wanted to play the Nintendo mini games because I was hoping we could talk about them a little bit on the show. Um, I'm pretty sure they're at the end of the game. <laughs> they're not quite at the end. They're in the second half for sure. Okay. Yeah. Because I was they're like, near the end. I was like, I'm sure this game isn't very long. And then I like did the first section and then went did like the, the group one where they bundle all the, the different poses <laughs> together. And then the next three characters unlocked and the character that has that wasn't there. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I think after you do those three, you get it. I Probably. think you're really close. So Probably. I won't. The Nintendo ones are always a highlight. They're very good here. There's yeah. some really great ones that bring in stuff from Switch games. I love to see things like that. So they're, they're a highlight for sure. Something that kind of bugs me, and this has bugged me about motion control based games before. You can't play this if you're a Switch Lite owner. And they just don't tell you that. You could if you propped up your Switch Lite and then played with disconnected Joy-Con. That's an option, but nobody's going to do that. Yeah. So I wish there was something on the box or something that said, like, docked play, like, but it doesn't. That's pretty that's surprising, considering uh, <laughs> Super Mario Party, they were, like, very forward about uh, that being the case. But I think you there was a way where you could play some of those mini games. Yeah, and there, were, there was Lite? some Switch Lite option. Yeah, but yeah. the fact that Switch Lite wasn't even out when that game came out. It came oh, out yet, that's so. right. Yeah. So that that's something that I, I just am trying to be clear about when I talk about this game. Like, yeah. If you have a Switch Lite and you want to play WarioWare, play Get It Together because it's good. Um, but or, yeah, I think this one's good. I agree. If you ahead, Sorry, if you have Nintendo Switch Online and you've never played micro games on uh, the Game Boy Advance, that's that's like one of the best ones. All-timer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, my question for you guys is, where does this fit in the pantheon of Nintendo Switch's mini like party games? Like, you know, with Mario Party, everybody went to Switch. Like, where where would you rank this? For me, WarioWare, this is one that, personally, I like the WarioWares better that are the other category I mentioned, the single-player score-chasing ones. Like, yeah. like, the original, I think, yeah. is just fantastic. Or Touched is amazing. So I think it's better than the 1-2 Switch games, for sure. This is a very good game, but... There's not much content here. I think I've already seen almost all of it. Get It Together had a ton of single-player modes and a ton of multiplayer modes. This is pretty much you play the micro games together. There's not much else to it. So uh, Mario Party, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, it's not even close to those. But it's good. It's better. It, it's in the middle. It's definitely yeah. average. Yeah, if you're looking for... Especially because like WarioWare, I feel like, is a series that not a lot of people have been exposed to. And if you're looking for like a different mm -hmm. experience... like You and your kids would probably have a really good time with it, Justin. Um, like, I think... like I'm looking forward to playing it with it with my nieces and nephews just because like I think with a lot of younger gamers just a lot of the weird and wacky stuff they make you do it's like you know it'll be really funny to them like it used to be when you know to me when I was that age now I just kind of do that the air out of my nose move but um, <laughs> you know it's uh, if you're at all curious about it I would definitely like at least do some investigation um, they're they're a good series of games for sure and um, mm -hmm. I don't want them to end up like Advance Wars. <laughs> I know. I know. I think they're so cheap to make that I think they might keep making these. I don't know. Um, like, yeah. But you got to consider how many uh, how many micro games they have to make per WarioWare game. It's true. Like it's a lot of, of effort probably. I'm honestly surprised we got two of these on Switch. I really am. And there's some references in some of the cutscenes of this game to Rhythm Heaven, and it just breaks my heart. Yeah. Bring back Rhythm Heaven. Like, there's. did you see the chorus kids in the opening cutscene? Yeah. They're on a TV screen? Yep. Yeah. Bring. I'm, I honestly wish that this minigame collection release was Rhythm Heaven instead. We got to talk That's about okay. the most it's important thing. 
Voice. What do you think of voice acting? I think it's fine. I don't think it's bad. It is, by the way, it is Kevin Afghani. He is Wario. He's he Mario, Luigi, and Wario. He is. I think it's fine. It didn't bother me at all. Bother, I'm not as in love with lot. Wario. Bothers me a lot. But why? Why? He's not... His voice isn't as... Um, it's too high. Like, it's not from, like, the depths of his stomach. You know? Like, it's just not... It's not even that he's speaking in a low tone. It's it's not like like it's it's just not low like, enough I mean, in his like chest. The of his voice yeah, like it's just very it's very up in in his headspace. Um, I want it to be this low, gravelly, down here type of feel to it. it as it gets older. I hope he does. Like I hope he starts to get a feel for it and figure it out. Like he's a young guy, but. Um, I don't know. There's definitely Kevin, lines. Come on the show. We'll walk you through it. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you everything <laughs> you need to know. Um, yeah. 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 It didn't bother me. I thought it was fine. Yeah. But it's a good game. It is a good game. Uh, it is short. Like I said, I even booted up, get it together to compare. And there's just not nearly as many modes. Last mode I will shout out something you unlock after finishing the story is you unlock a mirror mode where it's multiplayer and one person has controllers and they stand facing away from the television and they are looking at however many people you want. It, it, like It's like charades that are looking at the TV. They're playing the micro game without controllers in their hand and the person with the controllers has to copy what the people they're looking at are doing and that's how you're scored on if you pass the minigame or not. That's So funny. it's like, oh, holding up the left hand, oh, you have to hold up the hand. Like you, you have to mirror what they're doing to succeed at the micro game. It's very clever and it works pretty well. It's a fun time. So yeah, it's good. I, I wouldn't say I'm in love with it, and it's it's just a quick experience, and I do love WarioWare, but it's it's a fun time. So that's WarioWare Move It. It's out on Switch now, $49.99, and it's the last release that was in the way of Mario RPG, Justin. That's next up on the docket. Yeah, so that's coming out uh, next Friday, November 17th. We won't have played it next week's show when we talk about it, but in a few weeks, we'll have a ton of Mario RPG to talk about. But for now, that's another episode of the Toadstool Boardroom in the Books, a weekly Nintendo show here on Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to your shows. Please, if you like the show, leave us a rating or a review. It helps us out a lot. You can find the show on Twitter at ToadstoolVR. Send us an email, ToadstoolBoardroom at gmail.com. For now, you can find Justin online where at? On Twitter at K-O-R-E-I-S. You can find Chris online at... Shrives93. You can find myself at Logan J. Plant. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time right here in the Toadstool Boardroom.